Okay, so we're starting into a new series today, and we're so excited to have the kindergarten to grade sixes in the service. If you're uh, kindergarten to grade six, come on, make some noise. Come on. All, okay, there was 18 of them that said, made a little peep as loud as a mouth. Now, Tasha tells me these kids are crazy. They make a lot of noise when they're downstairs. So we knew they're, being, they're using their good manners upstairs. But you don't have to be that quiet when we ask you to cheer. Okay, so uh, we're starting a new series uh, called Unmistaken Identity, which will be through this uh, in this month of uh, July. And uh, so we're just going to be talking about having uh, a right identity. And uh, I was just thinking about uh, things uh, that happen in life. And I, I uh, was uh, at my mom's because she passed away end of April. And found my mom had kept some of my track and field ribbons. Huh? Track and field, running, and I was visiting with Grant uh, this week, and he ran the Boston Marathon. Not that many years ago. And uh, he showed me he had a medal, and I had a first place uh, ribbon for track and field myself. And I felt very proud. Anybody get medals or ribbons? Come on, anybody? Anybody got a trophy? Huh? There's a there's eight of you, and the rest of you are you can't remember. <laughs> You've chosen to forget. <laughs> Isn't it exciting to get acknowledged? You you accomplish something, and someone acknowledges you. Pastor Kimmy acknowledged me, uh, uh, survivor of medical miracles, and uh, she gave me a certificate at Volunteer Appreciation Day, and I hung it actually on my wall in my office. I was proud. I'm proud that God helped me get through some medical issues this year. And when people acknowledge, it's kind of fun to see that and say, hey, yeah, I did accomplish something. It's kind of cool. Uh, Sometimes we want to forget, but sometimes we uh, also like it. Then anybody here ever get called a name? Huh? Anybody ever get called a name? Someone criticized you on Facebook or they called you this, that, and the other thing and and doesn't that make you feel terrible? You get, you get called a name. You just feel awful. You feel like you want to, sometimes you feel like you want to fight or you want to just go to your room and put the pillow over your head and cry. You just feel terrible. Sometimes those kinds of things can happen. It can, it can be confusing because you sometimes hear these voices that, that appreciate you and it makes you feel good. And sometimes you feel voices that are hurtful and it can make you feel bad. And you, sometimes we, we are even confused by what we hear. Our emotions can also speak to us. You know, sometimes emotionally we can be, just wake up on the wrong side of the bed. We can feel a bit grumpy. You know, sometimes I wake up grumpy and other times I let her sleep. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't really, I can't actually ever remember a day Carla woke up grumpy. She just doesn't do that. She's a very positive, joyful person. Um, sometimes our friends can speak to us uh, different, different messages we can get from our friends. 
Uh, our teachers can be speaking a message to us. Sometimes it, it can be discouraging uh, things we hear from our teachers, or it can be very encouraging. Our parents speak into our lives. Uh, movies speak into uh, how we feel or what we think. Songs that we hear, TikTok and Instagram, all those kinds of things can be speaking to us. And I think sometimes it can be a little bit, we wonder, what, what, do, what is right? What should we believe? What, what is the right thought I should have about me? And there's spiritual forces that can influence us. You know, one lie the devil wants us to believe is that we've done so many bad things, or we've done a really bad thing, and there's no way that God, if, if people found out about that, if people knew, you would never be loved. God, how could God ever really forgive you? How could God really love you? It's like we're so stained by sin that God just can't ever accept us. You know, when I was a young guy, I had a little dog. His name was Buffy. And uh, Buffy always seemed to find... Hello? There, it's back. So, Buffy always seemed to find a way to get into trouble. And when he got into trouble, he had a way of covering it up. And he usually would just kind of come into the house. I don't know if you guys remember in the olden days when dogs just kind of ran around outside? They just ran around. They ran to the neighbors. They ran to their friend's house. And they come back, you know, that kind of stuff. That's how it used to be when I was young. And so Buffy would be off exploring, and then he'd come back. And, and usually Buffy, when he got into trouble, he would just act like nothing happened. And he would kind of go under the table and just kind of look at people, you know, going by. One time, though, Buffy got sprayed by what he thought was a cat, I think. But it was a skunk. Anybody ever smell a skunk? Oh, it's awful. It's aw Is there anything worse? It stinks. It really stinks. It smells worse than your dad's farts. <laughs> it's really bad. Really, really bad. So Buffy came into the house and acted like nothing happened. And was sitting under the table looking around. But you know what? Everybody knew. Everybody knew. And my mom got out a, a can of tomato juice, and we had an old round washing tub, and we put Buffy in there, and we poured that juice on him, and that didn't work. <laughs> and then my sister had, uh, my sister Sandy had this really pretty smelling shampoo that smelled like flowers, and it washed him, and that didn't work. Buffy just smelled like a pretty skunk. <laughs> huh? Yeah. And sometimes we can think of our sin like that. There's no way to get rid of it. And uh, Terry was just 
talking about that, that the blood of Jesus has the power to cleanse us from all sin, the Bible says. Just can remove that right out of our lives. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? You know, the spiritual voice of the devil wants us to believe that Jesus doesn't have the power. This is what Jesus said in Luke chapter 5. He said, I have come. This is Jesus' words. I have come to call not those who think they're righteous, but those who know they're sinners. That's what Jesus said. I came not to, not to help people that think they got it all together, but people that know in their heart. The devil's lied to you and said, that'll never get clean. And you know what Jesus is coming and saying to you today? I have the power to wash you white as snow. I have the power to break that thing out of your life. I have the power to change your life and to redeem your life. So who do we listen to in our lives? Who's right? Who loves me? And who will never leave me? And if you're in kindergarten to grade three, this is the first blank. And K to six, you have the worksheets. And if you're parents and you want to join in on the fun, they're back there. If there's any left, I don't know. But I filled the blanks in on mine. So this is the first one. The Bible is God's word. Yeah. That means it comes out of God's mouth and it can never change. God's word can never change. And the Bible teaches us, or God teaches us in the Bible, that there's one person who knows us better than anyone else. There's one person that knows us better than anyone else. And we'll find that in John chapter 10, verse 14. Jesus said these words, I am the good shepherd. This is the second blank if you're in grade four to six. I am the good shepherd. What did Jesus say? I know my sheep and my sheep know me. You know, Jesus knows you and you can know him. It's amazing. It's an amazing truth of the scripture. It's amazing spiritual truth that we're known by God. We've been created by God, and he knows us, and he planned us, and he intricately knit us together. Now, I want you to know this. God knows your mistakes. God knows your failures. God knows the problems you're in. He knows how you've thought and tried to think of your way out of your problems. He knows how you've tried to figure it all out. He knows the things people have said about you. He knows the things you've thought. And you know what? <laughs> he loves you. He loves you. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 says, Whoever... Loves God is known by God. Now, God doesn't just want to know you. He doesn't want to just know your mistakes. He doesn't want to just know, you know, he's not like running a talk show. You know, they get people on there and they interview them and then they pull out all the truth in front of everybody because we all want to hear it. Huh? That's not what God does. You know, Jesus laid down his life for us. That he could purchase us from slavery 
and set us free from sin. He didn't want to just rescue us from our problems, but he wanted to open the door for a relationship with, the, with, his, heavenly Father, with his heavenly Father and our heavenly Father. And so this is one of the reasons why God wants to know us. He wants a relationship with us. Then in John chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus said this, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. Right? That's how we respond to being known, that we follow God. You know, as God's children, we have this secret power, and that is to know him, to be able to pray, be able to hear him, and to be able to follow him, be powered by him. You know, we've been hearing today that the Lord wants to break us free from our bondages. He wants to set us free. You know, sometimes we're in bondage and we just sit there. And we think, okay, God, do it. do it." And he wants you to get up and follow him into a new way of life. You know, kids, you know, if you've been... If you've been talking back to your mom when she tells you to make your bed, when she's telling you to, to help with the dishes, when you've been telling your dad off, and you feeling bad after and thinking, I hate when I do that. You know what we do? We ask them to forgive us. We ask God to forgive us. And we ask him to empower us to live a different way. New words in our mouths. New actions. And we follow Jesus. And we live like he wants us to live. And so the next time our mom says, did you make your bed? And you say, I'm going to run and check. <laughs> and if it's not made, you quickly make it. Because you know it's going to please God. Right? You're going to follow Jesus because he knows you and he's asked you to follow him and empower you. Adults, if you've been stuck in the same old problem, you're going around the same old mountain in your life, you need to ask yourself, why? <laughs> why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> and you need to ask God, what do I have to do to follow you out of this mess? Number Number one, here's, I want to give you three, uh, three truths about being known by God today. Number one, so if you're in K to three, grade four to six, this is number one. You are, know this, unforgettable. Unforgettable. You know, when Carla and I got married, uh, that was 473 years ago. <laughs> she actually asked me this year, uh, week. At home. How long have we been married? <laughs> so it was a long time. It was a long time. <laughs> so I was driving out to her farm on the night of our wedding. The night before we were getting married, I was staying at her grandparents in town. And she was at her parents. In, they lived on a farm. And so a couple of maybe 10 miles away. So I was driving out there. And what do you know? I ran over a skunk. <laughs> Speaking of skunks. And the last thing that rascal did <laughs> in his little life <laughs> was spray my car down. <laughs> Woo-wee! <laughs> you know, there's times it can feel like we're on our own. 
That was an unforgettable day. <laughs> Seems like things are falling apart. It might seem like God has forgotten us. He no longer knows us. He no longer loves us. And uh, this happened to the nation of Israel. They were in, in captivity. And God asked Isaiah to bring this message. Isaiah was a prophet. And Isaiah is a beautiful girl in our church. Keith and Jen's daughter. Is she here somewhere? She's up there. There she is. But that, not that Isaiah. Isaiah the prophet in the Bible. He asked Isaiah to bring this message. In Isaiah 49, 14. So this is what the people of God said. He said, the Lord, they said, the Lord must have forsaken me. The Lord has forgotten me. That's what they said. And then Isaiah sent this message from God. So God said, can a mother forget? Well, this is another blank if you're in grade four to six. Can a mother forget? her baby, and have no compassion on the child she is born. Though she may forget, I will not forget you. You know, one time, Carla and I were at the church here, and Pastor Kimmy and Dwayne were here, and it was a busy morning, and I saw Eden here. And I said, Eden, where's your mom and dad? And she said, I think they forgot me. <laughs> and sure enough, we made some phone calls. This was maybe five years ago when she was young. And sure enough, they had left without her. They were at the restaurant eating and living it up. <laughs> it was a very special day. It was Pastor Kimmy's ordination day. And so I'm just saying, I'm just kind of teasing her because she's not here. She's on holidays today. And, and so we made some Call, uh, phone calls, and Pastor Car Carla and I, we gave her a ride to the party and uh, the restaurant. Can a mother forget in the Bible? That's what God's saying. Can a mother forget her child? Well, I just told you a story. It can happen, but I mean, she would, Pastor Kimmy would not have forgotten very long. You know what I mean? A few minutes later, she would have been like, where is my girl? Right? Ain't nothing happened to her. Like a mama bear. But if there's this little remote possibility of it happening, God says, you can rest assured with me, it will not happen. God does not forget. Then in verse 16, this is what God says. See, holds up his hand. I have engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. You can kind of imagine it's like a wedding ring. You know, and I look at my hand, my beautiful bride's name is there in front of me. I can't forget her. I just love her. She's always before me. Her walls are always, that means that uh, I can't forget that she is with me. I'm her protector. So when you say that her walls are her beauty, her her uh, life, it's always before me. 
So God doesn't have flesh and skin like us. So sometimes we think of this as God having us tattooed, our names tattooed on his hands. But God doesn't actually have flesh and skin, so he can't get a tattoo. Right? We could think of it, like I said, as a ring. Sometimes you write a note to yourself on your hand. Hey, don't forget to bring home the butter. <laughs> or call, call uh, so-and-so. Then you go to work, you go to the bathroom, you wash your hands, you're doing some oily stuff, and then it's gone. Right? With God, it's not like that. As many times as God would wash his hands or how many times he would work in the dirt, nothing will wear you off of his hands. You're always before him. To God, I'm unforgettable. Let's say that. To God, I am unforgettable. Okay, Tasha's going to come and she's going to lead us in something here. Hello. Uh, so I'm going to do a little activity. I'm going to need six volunteers. Who? Kaden, Jade. Yep, you, both of you guys, come up. I need two more. Two more volunteers. Cliff and, yep, one of you guys come up. I can't get, perfect. Okay, and now I need two one, two, three, four, five, six. Perfect. Now I need two very brave adult volunteers. Who wants to be very brave? Carrie? And sure, come up. So these lovely chairs are for the adults. Okay. So what we're doing, have a seat, have a seat, is if God has our names tattooed, on his hands and his bodies and stuff, my six little volunteers are going to tattoo you guys. <laughs> you have tattoos. Perfect. Perfect. I'll get a godly tattoo. Yes. But what's going to happen is you three are going to be with Carrie here. You three are going to be here. Okay. You guys have one minute and 30 seconds to tattoo as many as you can on them, preferably not on the face, let's not do the face, but arms, Carrie's getting her legs ready, you guys think you guys can beat the other team? Do you guys think you guys can win? Do you think you can beat them? Oh, maybe not. Do you guys think you can beat them? Yeah, see, these guys are more pumped. Okay, so we have our timer, are you guys ready? Do you guys know how to tattoo, like with the stickers? Take off the plastic? Stick it on, put on the warm, the cold cloth. Wait a minute, take it off. Okay, ready, on your mark, get set, go. Okay, let's get them, let's cheer them on. We have one minute, 30 seconds. Yeah, gotta stick those on. Gotta put them on. Yeah, gotta squish it really good. Get it on there, get it on there. Who thinks this team will get it? Yeah. Oh, you guys have five on here. <laughs> Who thinks this team will get it? Oh, they're counting on you. They're counting on you. Oh, you guys have 55 seconds left. 
55. There's a whole bunch on there. Get it, yep, get them wet, get them good and wet. It works, it works. Oh, very nice. You guys have 25 seconds. 25. Oh, did you guys, you guys got the plastic off? Looks pretty good. Looks pretty good. Carrie has the most beautiful legs. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, let's talk. You can peel off the last stickers. Let's count them up. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Okay, and over here we have one, two, three, four, five, six. You guys won. Good job. Good job. So you guys come see me after. I'll get you guys a little prize. Okay, you guys can. Good job. High five. High five. Okay, cool. Okay, the second point here. Second point. Number one, you are unforgettable. To God, I am unforgettable. Okay. Uh, number two, you are handpicked. You are handpicked. John 15, 16 says, this is Jesus' words. John 15, 16. You did not choose me. Instead, I chose you. That's what Jesus said. You did not choose me. Instead, I chose you. I appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. You know, it's very cool to think that God picked us, isn't it? We could feel important. We could feel loved. We could feel like God is accepting us. And this is all very true. But God didn't pick us as his one and only. Huh? It's not just about me. It's not just about me. God picks us to be part of his kingdom that he's building. And the Bible describes that God is building a kingdom and that he has a design for it. He's a designer, and he's building it. In fact, in uh, the Bible, it says he's making it out of living stones. We're going to read that verse. He's designed his building. He's selecting living stones. He's selecting people. He's choosing people. Oh, that person. That person will fit. That person has anybody ever been picked for a team? Maybe you're at school or you're at, at uh, camp or whatever, and they're picking teams. Huh? I always seem to get picked last. <laughs> well, God is not really picking teams. God is picking a, a family. He's building a kingdom. And he's picking people 
and he's choosing you. He's handpicking you. You know, one of the reasons that we often feel alone, one of the reasons we often feel like we're not enough, one of the reasons we feel like we're not complete is we've got this idea that God is just picking me to be me. But God is picking you to be part of his kingdom, part of his family. In 1 Peter 2, he says this, As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by humans. So this is talking about Jesus. He was rejected by people. He's hung on the cross. You remember that story. But chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. And we'll never feel complete until we're part of God's spiritual house. Let's say that together. I am handpicked by God. Not to be alone, but to be part of his family, part of his kingdom, part of being together. That's how God designed us. Tasha's going to come and lead us in another game. Okay, so this one, I don't need any volunteers. This one, everyone gets to play. So I have little special volunteers. They have balloons up in the balconies. They are going to release them. But what's going to happen is you guys have two minutes to try and get as many balloons onto the other side as possible. So I'm splitting you guys down the middle, like right down there. Okay, so you're just gonna hit it as, as much as you can. You wanna try and get the other team. We will count the balloons after to see. Um, and then whoever doesn't win, uh, I'm going to get four volunteers to come up, and we're going to just go over our scripture verse very quickly, learn some actions so that we can memorize it. Okay? So release the balloons. You guys can all stand up. Okay? And now we'll get two minutes, and we'll go now. So get those guys over. You don't want to be on the not winning team. That counts as one. Get it over, get it over. Get them over. Seconds. 
seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Okay. Stop, stop, stop. Oh, no more, no more, no more. Okay, grab a balloon, hold them up. If you have a balloon, hold them up. So I can see. Hey, hey, hey. I see that. Oh. I'm going to say, unless people are hiding balloons. Oh, I see balloons on the floor. I'm going to say you guys didn't win. Oh. So sorry, guys. So can I get, let's do, let's do three volunteers from this side. Ones that I haven't gotten yet. You can come up. Yep. Yep. I need two more volunteers. All right. Lana, you can come up. Yeah, and you can come up. Yeah. So come up here. So we have a scripture verse that we're going to practice all together. Uh, if we can get it on the slide. So what's going to happen is we are all going to stand up. Because these guys are going to come up with one quick little action that we're going to do as we say it. Okay, so keep in mind they're in their chairs so we can't be running around or do burpees because they like doing that downstairs. But you, what would our first action be for our scripture verse? What should we do? We could jump. We can run. Run. So everyone has to run on the spot while we say the scripture verse out loud. Do we have the scripture verse? It's, which one was it? It is, uh, I think it's John 15, 16. So we'll do it all together quickly. Okay, Ready? Oh, jumping? No, running. Running. Okay. You did not choose me. Instead, I chose you. Appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit that will last. John 15, 16. Okay, what are we doing? Jumping. Okay, ready? Go. You did not choose me. Instead, I chose you. I appointed you so that you may go and bear fruit that will last. John 15, 16. Okay, which one are we doing now? We can't hit people or, or anything. That'd be quick. What do we do? We could even say it loud. We can say it quiet. Quick, quick, quick. Spin in circles. You did not choose me, but I chose you. I appointed that you may go and bear fruit that will last. John 15, 16. It's fun a little too fast there. Okay. Do the, oh, you did not choose me and said, I chose you. I appointed you that you might go and bear fruit that will last. John 15, 16. Okay, give my volunteers a hand. We're good. Thank you, Tasha, and everyone for participating. We're handpicked by God to be built into his spiritual building, into his kingdom. And uh, sometimes we get the idea that we're alone. But God does not want us to be alone. You know, the church isn't me going fishing and worshiping God on Sunday by myself. 
You know, I hear people say that. Or going on a, a hike. And you can go and encounter God like that, but God builds us together. Amen. That's what he does. He builds us together to be his kingdom, and that's how we are known by God. Okay, so the third one is that you belong here. You belong here. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says this. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. A new life has begun. There's one way to belong to God. Right? That's to trade our old life for a new life. Trade our old life. What a great deal. Hey? You know, I went to Value Village the other day and gave them a box of things. And they offered me a coupon to buy more things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that's okay. That's okay. You know? I didn't buy anything. I just got a coupon. I, uh, I went by McDonald's to buy a coffee. And they said, if you give me $2.09, we'll give you a coffee. So that's okay. But Jesus says if we give him our old lives, he'll give us a new life. Old things are gone. Old life is gone. A new life has begun. It's about belonging to Jesus. You belong. It's who you were meant to be. You know, it happens as we surrender. It happens as we surrender. Are you surrendering your life? Is there things in your life where you say, yeah, no, that's mine, God. Is there rooms in your heart that you have the door locked on and you say, that's just a private room for me, Lord. I'll keep that one. <laughs> it's giving him are everything. We give control of our lives that we once had to Jesus. That's what surrendering is. It's like this. When your dad lets your mom drive the car. And he doesn't say anything. He surrenders the control. And that's what we do. We surrender our lives. We don't just take it back. Oh, I don't like where you're going. I don't like how fast you're going. I don't like when you went. I don't know. No, we say, Lord, we're giving you. We're trusting you. We're surrendering to you. Are there things in your lives that are holding you back? Are there old patterns? Are there old things 
that you don't even like yourself, let alone the Lord, doesn't like them. That you need to surrender. I'm just asking you, is there something that you need to surrender this morning? And the worship team's going to lead us in a song in a moment. But we're going to just take a moment to pray. And I'm going to ask you to stand as we're praying. I'm just going to ask you to close your eyes. And ask yourself this question. Who am I surrendered to? Who is my heart surrendered to? Who are my choices surrendered to? Who's my cell phone surrendered to? Who's my wallet surrendered to? Who's my time surrendered to? When you lay on your bed at night, are you remembering to surrender your life to Jesus? To give your life to Him? You know, the Word says that anyone who belongs to Jesus has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. You know, Jesus surrendered His life for you. so that this could be made possible. He surrendered his life for you so that you could have this beautiful exchange. And so, Lord, we want you to know if this is in your heart, you could maybe just even put your hands up like you surrender and say, Jesus, I'm surrendering my life to you today. I'm known by you. You know me. There's no secrets. There's nothing hidden. I'm known by you. I'm loved by you. Maybe you've been held back in an area. Maybe an illness. Maybe a, a, a pattern, a bad habit. Just say, Lord, I'm surrendering that to you. Maybe you've been things in your life that you know just don't even make you happy, let alone please the Lord. You just need to surrender them. Isn't that amazing? You just give him the old stuff. And he says, I'll, I'll take it. And you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to give you something new. And so Lord, we just say, we want the new. Want the new. Want the new. That's our identity. That we belong to you. This is who I am now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. 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 I just want to acknowledge that we have some art here on the stage. And so each week there's going to be some artists. And this art was done by Maria Haraway. And so this over here is just the title uh, for the series. It says Unmistaken Identity. If you want to get closer to see it later, you can. But this picture was painted by Maria. And this is a picture of us being known. Knowing that we are all sinners. 
but God takes us as we are. <laughs> That's how God takes us, as we are. Isn't that amazing? We're so loved and cared for by our dad, and we are his children that he loves. Is Maria here today? She is up there. Right on. Thank you, Maria. Yeah. Yeah. So artists will be participating each Sunday. Right on.